welcome to Teach Me Sentai, the podcast where we're taking a look back at the Power Rangers and the Japanese series that gave it its inspiration and footage, Super Sentai. I'm John McDonough. And I'm Natalie Bridgman. And if you want to support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash teachmesentai, or just listen. We're happy you're here. Natalie, what are we doing today? We are doing an all Sentai, all Zero Ranger episode, three episodes of Zero Ranger, all about Barai, the Green Candle arc. Yeah, very dramatic, very exciting. Climax, climax. Or is it? We'll talk about it. It's episodes 40 through 42 if you want to watch along with us. That's available on Shout Factory in the US. They have a channel on Amazon Prime. It feels like we maybe should give us a little more previously than we sometimes like to. Probably, yeah. Because they've put this in the rear view like more often than not. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. The events of this episode directly are all the other events. So... The Zhu Ranger are warriors from dinosaur times who were put in a long hibernation, but they found out that they weren't the only ones who went to hibernation. Barai, Geki's brother, who Geki was adopted by the king, Barai and Geki's birth father did a revolution, died. Barai also went to hibernation to try to get his revenge. On his brother. On his brother. And we found out a few episodes ago that... During that hibernation, because of global climate change, the cave that Bri was in was actually destroyed and Bri was killed. But Daijujin made a deal with Clotho, the goddess of fate, to keep him alive, but only temporarily. So Bri's life force has been tied to this candle. When the candle burns out, Bri will die. But Bri's been able to hide out in the lapsless room to keep the candle from burning. Yeah, it's like a free space that he can just be in. But he in exchange, can't really do anything else. So like he's alive, but he's just in this room by himself. Right. And every time he comes out to be a hero, which he has to do basically every episode, tick, 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 tick. And at this point, he is down to, I believe, four hours when these episodes start. It's gone back and forth, but it's four hours. He is running out of time. It's the final countdown, literally. And he's been kind of chill about it, but you can tell there's some stuff bubbling up between beneath the surface. So let's find out how this candle story resolves, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Kyoru Sentai Ranger episode 40, Barai's Deathly Departure. Barai is having another nightmare. A black rickshaw comes and takes him to the afterlife. It's pleasant at first, until he realizes what's happening. He is not ready to die, but he only has four hours of candle left. Meanwhile, his teammates are exercising in a park. They unexpectedly run into Clotho. She warns them of Barai's impending death. In fact, the next time he leaves the lapsless room, he won't be able to go back. The Sentai asks Barza if he's found any way to help, but his research hasn't found anything. Everyone except Geki decides to help with this research, but Geki is remembering his time with his brother. And it's a clip show! Geki remembers all of the hits, including moments he wasn't even actually there. Then Goshi finds him on the roof and tells him they're all in this together. You know, like how we all work together in all of these other clips. Again, including moments that neither of them were around for. They must watch the show! Meanwhile on the moon, Bindura has also learned how little time Barai has left, and she's psyched. She launches a plan to burn through his last four hours using Pleppercon's newest monster, Dora Gensaku. He's a weird humanoid with one giant eye on his head. So the Ranger rush into the city because a monster is rampaging, and they're surprised to find out it's Dragon Caesar. Bindura taunts them. She now controls the Mecha slash God. Gryphosaurus and Golem show up too, so they transform. But between Dragon Caesar's destruction and Gryphosaurus' full might, the Ranger are struggling. Geki calls out for his brother, but Barai is having another strange dream. This time, the rickshaw drives past a boy that Barai doesn't recognize. Barai hears his brother's calls and wakes up, but is afraid to leave the room with so little time left to be continued. 
Episode 41, Blaze Barai. The Sentai finally summon the Guardian Beast to try to contain Dragon Caesar. Daizujin can't do much, but Mei is worried that Barai is going to come help them and die. But Bandora's plan is going perfectly. When Barai uses Ju Soken to join the fight, she uses her magic to find the lapsless room. But worse, he can't seem to calm Dragon Caesar down. But then, he summons Dragon Caesar? Dragon Caesar hits the imposter, turning him back into Dora Gansaku. He could disguise himself as anything. Bandora played them, and she heads to the lapless rooms to destroy it. Barai tries to fight her off, but her magic is too strong. He will die in four hours, and the room cannot extend his time. Barai has a brief vision of the rickshaw and the boy again, and learns that that boy is also destined for death. He decides to use his final hours to find the boy. He starts running up to random children, and somehow that works. The boy's name is Kouta, and Barai can't figure out why he may be about to die. Kouta is a big Dragon Caesar fan, so Barai takes him for a ride on the Mecca, which seems very unsafe. Bad call for a kid you know is destined for death. The Zoo Ranger are confused, but Barza finally has an option. There's an elixir of life on a sacred hidden island. If they pray enough, God should lead them there. Remember, God is Zaijujin. The Guardian Beasts hear their prayers and teleport them away without their dino bucklers. Goshi and Dan are together near a strange statue and seek out the sacred pond, but Bandora knew that they'd try that. Without their bucklers, this is the perfect time to try to destroy the team and take over the world. She sends Dora Gansaku to Earth, disguised as Gorujin. Geki, Mei, and Boy, still in Tokyo, reunite with Burai and Kuta. Burai and Dragon Caesar are the only defense they have. The people of the city are turning on the Sentai and start throwing stones at them. Kuta is almost crushed by some rubble from the fight. Dragon Caesar helps him free the boy, but it may be too late. He's badly injured. Things do not look good. To be continued. Episode 42, Barai Dies. Kota is struggling in the hospital and his mother blames Barai, but Kota says it's not his fault and wants to see him. Barai gives Kota his dragon medal, saying it will make him stronger, but the kid is in pretty bad shape. Oh, and this is all happening while Dragon Caesar is still fighting Dora's Gansaku. Barai tells Geki about his dream, and Barai admits how much he wants to live and get to be with his brother, and Geki resolves to save both Barai and Kota. Luckily, Goshi and Dan have found the Elixir of Life, but the Wraith who guards it isn't going to let them have it that easily. Barai and Geki head back into the fight, and Barai, for the first time, jumps inside Dragon Caesar's cockpit to fight with him. Gryphazar and Golem show up to fight the others, who still cannot transform. It's really not looking good. They're all getting their butts kicked, and Barai is rapidly running out of time. Geki, Mei, Boy, and Kuta pray for help from the Guardian Beasts, and it works. They're all able to transform, and Daizujin joins the fight. They form Ultimate Daizujin and destroy Dora Gensaku, but the candle burns out. Barai mysteriously vanishes. Dan and Goshi are able to overcome the Wraith, but accidentally throw the elixir into a nearby pond. The Wraith transforms into a goddess. It's Clotho. She tells them that Barai's time is up. This was all destined. Barai was already given a second chance. But they can make Barai's final wish come true. She gives them the elixir to save Kota's life. The others find Barai on a random beach, don't know why he's there or how he's found him. Barai tells Geki that he's glad they got to reunite and fight together. And Barai tells them to give the elixir to Kota, not to him. Barai gives Geki his dragon shield and Jusokin. He tells them all to protect the earth and his children and dies in his brother's arms. Clotho appears with the candle as it burns out and carries Barai into the afterlife. Goshi and Dan bring Kota the elixir and save his life. He wakes up calling for Barai but realizes what's happened when the dragon metal disappears. Geki plays a funeral song for Barai on Chusokin as he rides the rickshaw into the great beyond. Well. Okay. Yeah. The episode's called Barai Dies and guess what? 
Sure does. He dies. <laughs> he definitely dies. And he's he like okay with it. Definitely dies. It's cool. Like this whole episode, I, I I was really excited for this set of episodes to like see how this all played off. I knew the episode was called Barai Dies. I wasn't sure if that was going to be a fake out. But honestly, most of this arc is like ridiculously padded. But that mm-hmm. said, I think it really sticks to the landing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, they're going to play that game of like dragging it out because that's the whole that's all it is is the ticking clock that's all this has ever been but right but they they do it well it's fine like the re- the resolution is like yeah we we got there i felt it i was like oh this is making me sad and i mean what more could i ask for maybe for the first episode of this three-parter to not be a clip episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> But also, it kind of makes sense, like, if this is a culmination of, like, a huge arc for these characters, maybe you were just tuning in for this event, you know, maybe you watch a Mm -hmm. few episodes here and there, they want to make sure that you are fully there emotionally, but also, it was not good. (laughs) The clip parts that were the, like, this is the story of Ryan, I think sense to me, but when it was the clip package that was... Remember some of the early episodes with yeah. just the other five? I was like, I mean, yes. Do I need to right now? Is this relevant? <laughs> yeah, that didn't make any sense. I half expected when we cut to Barai or to Bandora after that next clip package for her to be like, we've made some fun monsters, huh? And then like a clip of just random <laughs> monsters. Oh my God. That actually would have been good. Like, I think that would have been better. Especially if she sang her little song. Ooh, yes. Always love a musical like interlude for her. It's also weird because of the clips. I felt like when they start fighting, when like Dragon Caesar shows up and like starts destroying shit. I mean, we know it's Dora Gansaku, but like when he starts doing that, I thought that was like a clip of when Barai was evil. Oh yeah, same. For like same. a very long time. And I was like, oh no, this is different. Yeah, I didn't realize we were back in the present, especially yeah. because it was so confusing. So Dora Gansaku, I think translates pretty like one-to-one to Dora Mimic, which oh. like if you're watching in Japanese and you know that, I think you're sort of caught up right away. I didn't know that. No. <laughs> so when Dragon Caesar was attacking, I was like, what is like Gensaku able to like control the mecha? Yeah. That's kind of cool. But like, it, it was kind of like a uh, scary and interesting, like bringing us back to a rampage in Dragon Caesar where we started with Barai in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. I thought it was a good choice. Yeah, it was fun. Also, I, I really like Dora Gensaku's design. It's really creepy. It's so creepy. But then as I was remembering this as we were reading the recaps, I was like, you know what he reminds me of is one of those thumbs from Spy Kids. Absolutely. What, he, he looks like one of those thumbs from Spy Kids if it had a big eyeball yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. I also really like when uh, Pandora's like, okay, this is the moment. Pleppercon, make me this monster. Pleppercon's like, are you sure? <laughs> that one? It's like in a trash can. Yeah, he has to like get junk off of it. It's great. I think Pleppercon slash Finster are always so fun. And like, this is a great, fun Pleppercon moment. Yeah. There's a lot of other weird, like fun moments, especially in this first episode. When the Jew Ranger first appear in this episode, they're like running into a park and exercise. And like, yes! Nate and boy do this very weird, like <laughs> grabbing onto each other stretch thing. It's so funny. They're so fun together man boy and then like they're like come on guys we gotta hurry up and then they just start doing like very weird calisthenics and then Jackie doesn't have a partner so he just like helps the kids play baseball this whole thing is just a setup for them to run into Clotho yes it could have happened (laughs) anywhere yeah Clotho could have just like appeared at any moment anywhere but I guess I should have known Clotho was female based on the like name origin but I really thought that was a little boy (laughs) I mean 
that like tracks for me you know clotho yeah. has like their own gender <laughs> i believe i've misgendered clotho in previous episodes but do gods have gender i don't know i don't i don't think so i think they Clotho's it. adult form is very feminine yeah but clotho the kid form is very genderless yeah what else even happens in this i don't even know i'm gonna i'm looking about. at my notes i'm just like what did i write down i was like what are they doing in the park like that was about it it's really like there's not much to talk about we'll probably move on quickly Amongst the clips, though, two things. I loved seeing that stupid baby episode with the wheel again. It's so <laughs> funny when they showed the shot again of, like, the baby carriage falling. Yeah. And, like, Ride jumps for it and then grabs the baby. And when he lands, the baby looks so funny. Oh it's God. such a good shot. And I was so happy to see it again. Yeah. Like, the baby is, like, literally, like, falling apart as he's landing. It's just so... So good. And then the other thing was like, one of the clips we see is the, them getting the legendary weapon. Oh, yeah. It did really hit me. That I was like, that was so long ago. Yes. It feels like it was a different time. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't even remember. Like, I obviously we did that episode, but I can't tell you how long it's been since we did it. Like, it's been so long. That was our second episode. Oh, my so, God. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, 40 weeks. It's, it's wild. It's kind of Holy crazy shit. to like, look like seeing those clips. I was like, oh, yeah, that was episode two and three of this show or three and four yeah. one or two. but like wow 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 anyway we should probably pivot just to talking about episode 41 when the story really starts yes. and in particular talking about i really like this like rickshaw vision setup it's like very thematic like it feels good like in every single time he's like oh it's a nice breeze and i'm like yeah that part like really kind of gets me and yeah. that's sort of like a weird theme through this episode with barai is like he doesn't want to die but ultimately like it's kind of right or like it's his time and when he's able to sort of accept that it's there's a pleasantness to it Mm -hmm. and i liked it in the rickshaw even like it's like a skeleton man pulling the rickshaw but he's not even that scary to me and like when he sees kota like you sort of get why he's like imprinting on this moment it like it all really as a setup for these final barai episodes really works for me yeah it kind of speaks to more like the larger barai story because like once barai like switch sides you know to to work with the sentai and like once he realizes his time is limited he's like conflicted about it but then also like trying not to be yeah he like realizes that he oh it's like oh i really was here on borrowed time actually like all of this was an accident or like was not something i earned and so for that reason like it this should be okay for me to to leave and then then i think by the end of this arc he's like tired almost of like holding on to something that he's he knows that he's not supposed to have yeah and i like the way he admits i can't remember if it's in this episode or the next one but like he admits to geki that like oh it's in the beginning of 42 but like we've seen him be a lot like i want to stay alive to help you guys but like he sort of admits that like i wish like you and i would have had more time geki and barai to be brothers and like get to be together as a family and like it's really genuinely quite moving (laughs) Yeah, and then, I mean, not to jump the gun, but, like, then Barai's exit, you know, he's not, like, I mean, he's, like, dying and, like, in pain or whatever, but, like, he doesn't really seem like he's, like, suffering, and it, like, really, no. like, lands the the idea that, like, dying, like, when someone dies, the pain is, like, with those who are left behind. It's not with the person who's dying. Like, they go on yeah. in peace or whatever, you may believe. Yeah, it's really quite sweet and quite lovely, which is though set up with this like <laughs> how we get into the kota part of this story is so stupid like, yes i just can't get over it so like barai's like i gotta find this kid that part makes sense <laughs> yes. i like the idea that he wants to find this kid who's destined to die around the same time of him and save his life yeah fine 
methodology <laughs> not great maybe there could have been like a clue in the vision but nope no. it's just bri running up to random kids who are nearby and he's just like when he comes up to him he's like do you feel okay and he's like yeah why and he's like who are you and he's like i'm bri from the g ranger he's like oh okay cool <laughs> the fact that like i think kota is the like third kid he checks yes like, he's just running around looking for kids and like you know, third try, finding yeah. one kid in all of Tokyo. I think pretty good success rate. He doesn't even know that Kota's in Tokyo, necessarily. No, he has no idea. Oh and then the God. first thing he does with this child, who he knows is destined to suddenly die, is take him on top of his giant robot. <laughs> well, I think maybe he didn't know that he was going to suddenly die. Maybe he thought that he was ill. Oh, well, still. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Because he's, like, sitting there waiting in the same way that, like, Barai is taking a ride. So, like, that's the idea that, to me, it's like, oh, this kid is terminally ill, which I think is why he asks if he's feeling okay. And so then he's, like, on his own version of Make-A-Wish Foundation, basically, till the end. Yeah, it's just very silly to me to bring this child, to put anyone, yeah. put anyone oh, yeah. who is not a Power Ranger oh, yeah. on top of one of these mecha, especially when we find out in the next episode <laughs> that Dragon Caesar does, in fact, have a cockpit. Yeah, like, <laughs> but I was just like, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> no, that's not the vibe. And that, But it is, it is cute because Cody's yeah. being like, Dragon Caesar roar, and then Dragon Caesar roars. Yeah. And like, you know wag your tail or whatever it's fun yeah. it's cute it's just also really unsafe they are of course tiny action figures on top <laughs> chef's kiss so i good. love it every time yeah <laughs> but yeah okay but yeah there is a compartment for him the whole time that we find out about whole time whole time he's never wanted to use it it's like, mm. it's, it's like an interesting twist i guess to it but like in this moment most of the time also it doesn't feel like he needs it he can control dragon caesar from far away with his with Jusokin. but yeah. like in this moment Put the kid in the cockpit. Yeah. Let the kid drive on your lap or whatever. You know what I mean? It would have been cute. Maybe it's like too cramped. Is it funny to you that Mae has her hair back up in this episode, which I feel like only happens in the really serious episodes? Yeah. She's like, I can't deal with this today. It's become a sign when Mae puts her hair up. It's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> she doesn't have time to like fix it. She's just like, whatever. Two buns. Let's go. Let's get moving. So then we find out about the MacGuffin of life, <laughs> the rules of which I find quite insane, if I'm being honest. I'm ready. They have to pray to find the way yeah. to this apparently garden of the gods. Spoiler, the gar- it looks like something at like a museum. Like it's very mm-hmm. like developed space. Anyway. Very landscape. But like they're all praying and then Dijusian is like, Time to be a little bit of a stinker, I guess. (laughs) Takes all their dino bucklers away and then seems to teleport all five of them away. Yeah. But only Goshi and Dan go to this garden. The rest of them, for no clear reason, are just like in Tokyo somewhere. Yeah. It's weird because at one, I don't remember who, but at one point somebody says like, what are we supposed to learn from this test? And like... And it's it feels like a little It's probably Dan who says it. <laughs> yeah. It feels a little lampshady in the sense that like really what is the point of that? <laughs> and like I can't figure out why it's Goshi and Dan. Mm-hmm. Like except for that they want Geki to be able to interact with Barai and like I don't know, maybe take away the people they can form 
corrosion with, but it's just like it's a very strange pair yeah. to send into this fight. But I guess they are the most badass fighters. Like they are good fighters. Is that what Daijujin wanted? What is God up to? What are the shenanigans? And also, why didn't Barza start with the elixir of life? Pandora seems to know exactly what it is. You know, maybe it's like kind of evil. Kind of evil. I mean, <laughs> Clotho apparently defends it, we come to discover, but like it's all very silly. This whole setup is very silly. It's like there is not to talk about Harry Potter, and I hate that that's a cultural touchstone that we're all stuck with forever. It's but you have to accept that it is, yes. <laughs> but it's kind of like the restricted restricted section in Hogwarts. Like you know, some people are like fine going in there, other people are like that's morally wrong. I think Bars is yeah. like that's morally wrong, and so we'll just research all the other books. We'll research like, it okay, one so more well. time, and then I know it's a little last minute. But <laughs> and then Pandora is like, I, that's like, I'm there all the time. I'm always checking out the books from there. That's where all the good shit is. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You know, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, Pandora is sort of back to her. Like we found her this way in a few of the, the big multi episode arcs in this where she's like silly, scary. She mm-hmm. is so on top of it. And so three steps ahead at all times. And then even when Bri fights her in the lapsus room, it's like she's very powerful yeah she reminds us she is like ready to kick some butt it's really fun i think seeing bandora like this every time and like her plan works she loses the monster but barai dies <laughs> when her plans work they work they are so good and you're just like wow there's nothing they can do it's great i love it yeah it's it's i think i think bandora is really great in this episode but what other things in this episode Dijushin, I have to talk about this. This is a thing that happens in several episodes. Whenever he kicks, I love it. Because <laughs> it, it really makes the bottom swords look like big boots. And that makes me laugh. Well, they are big boots for a god. <laughs> big god boots. Big and god he's like, boots. here, I'm going to kick you with my big boot. <laughs> well, okay. So back to that, like the issue with, with Bandora and her plan being really good. Like, we all agree. Right. It was really good. I was finding myself thinking that this was... As good of a plan as it is, it's pretty small scale. It's small scale in the terms of, like, all she's really trying to do is kill Barai. But, I mean, as far as she knows, and as far as we know at this point, Barai controls Dragon Caesar, and without Dragon Caesar, they cannot form Ultimate Dijusion or Gorujin. Right, but it's like, Barai is gonna die regardless. Like, his time is literally, like, I mean, we're all gonna die at some point, but in in more of a concrete way, like, his time is limited. So, yeah, it just feels like a lot of work for something that's gonna happen anyway. She's just, like, speeding it up. Yeah, it's a force, it's a force the issue thing. Yeah. Which, is this necessary? I don't know. But, like, it does feel so bad. Yeah. And maybe she's thinking that, like, if she gives them enough time, they're gonna find some way to undo it. Like, maybe Barza would have found the elixir of life beforehand, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's get this clock a moving. Yeah. I think maybe it's supposed to be like that. But but you're right. It is sort of like, you could have just waited this out and focused on other things. Do you want to talk about how angry the people are? Oh, yes, we should before we move on to the final episode. Definitely yes. talk about how angry the people are. Because it's like, they turn on the Zhu Ranger so fast. Yeah. like this, And are literally throwing stones at them. <laughs> I know. It's like very biblical yet again. My God. It's so interesting because this is the, to their eyes, this is the second time that these Zords have kind of gone crazy. Right. And the first time was very specifically just Dragon Caesar. And like the moment where they're stoning them is, I believe, Dragon Saku looks like Gorujin. But they have also already seen a second Dragon Caesar and Dragon Saku. Like, I'm not saying they were constantly looking up, but like... 
people should know what's going on at this point. Well, I mean, to be fair, they don't know, though. They have no idea, like, that there's only one of these things. They're just... Right. They're, like, very small peons in, like, a much greater conflict. And at this moment, they're like, you know what? I've had enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you're right. I may be asking too much of them in their awareness of the plot of the show. They don't watch it's the show. It's intense. Yeah. Maybe they're just mad that these people keep running up to their kids. Could be that. I mean, like, they do take, like, a lot of latitude with the, with the community. They're just like, we're, we're Sentai, you know, we're guardians. We, like, do good things. And they're just like, okay, sure, whatever. All these people lost property in, in earlier fights. Yeah. Earlier mega fights. They've been waiting. <laughs> well, and, like, particularly the thing that kind of turned me to when this wasn't just like a clip a flashback clip is like buildings are getting like ripped apart in a way that they don't generally in the fight this this fight does seem like particularly brutal yeah buildings are falling down and getting ripped apart like things are collapsing that doesn't usually happen at least we don't see it Mm -hmm. you can always assume i guess but they're like really making a point to be like this is really hard on the city and so i think they're just like you know what (laughs) it's not worth it it's not worth it having these giant monster-wielding, robot-wielding people in our midst. And you know what? Maybe they're right. You decide. <laughs> I think it's valid. I think the robot stuff maybe needs a little more control, especially when things really pop off like this. Yeah. Bandora is back on her little bicycle in this episode, though. Bandora's so bicycle good. is my favorite character in the show. Mm, yeah. MVP. So Kota is, like, pretty badly injured. This is how the episode ends. He gets crushed by some rubble. Yeah. Dragon Caesar helps Barai move the rubble, and the hand that comes down into the shot is so funny to me. Yeah, always. <laughs> it's giant, and, like, I couldn't help but thinking, like, there are rockets in those fingers, because that's one of <laughs> Dragon Caesar's, like, go-to attacks. Yeah. <laughs> what if he it accidentally blew him up? It just shoots a rocket right there. <laughs> Boom, it's over. Oh my god. Dragon Caesar is a little bit chaotic, we all know. He is a little bit, yeah. But this episode ends with literal stones being hurled at the Sentai, or at Geki, Mei, and Boy. Yeah. Dan and Koshi are God knows where, and <laughs> Kota looks not good. So let's take a little bit of a break ourselves and come back and talk about what I think is the best episode of the three. All right. Let's get it. So we, we've talked about a lot of this kind of ebbing and flowing, but zooming in on this last episode, I do think like for all of the padding throughout this three-part episode, this episode is really good. <laughs> yeah, they're clearing away all the BS in this episode. And really zooming in on like, I think the human aspects of this story. I really like starting in this hospital, even though it's very funny when you're like, oh, the fight is still happening. (laughs) But like, it is kind of nice to start with like, Coda is injured and Coda's mom, much like all the people are like, is like pissed. She's like, you guys come into these kids' lives. What the hell? Like Mm -hmm. understandable reaction. Yeah. And then Barai in a classic Barai form makes to me a horribly irresponsible choice. He knows that the rest of the team cannot currently transform. And yet he gives his kid his dino medal. Well, he's the only one with a dino medal right now. Right. <laughs> and he has, and they, he knows that they can heal people if they hold them, because we've seen that before. Yeah, with, with Gekis. Geki has also made this bad choice in the past, but at least in that moment, everyone else was still able to transform. Well, at least we know they're related. You know what I mean? 
Like, we know. It's true. They're such brothers. And this does lead directly into the moment that was one of my favorite moments of the episode with Bri saying that, like, I wish we had had more time. Like, I want to stay alive for us. Not just to save the world. Not just to save all the kids. Like, I want to stay alive for you, my brother. And it's very sweet. And it's interesting to me. I've, I've felt about other episodes... Bri's always talking about wanting to stay alive to help people. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like, but what about your brother? And I think it, it, this episode really kind of nails that like, that was sort of an intentional thing. That was the most painful thing for Bri was knowing that that relationship was never going to get to be good. Yeah. And it's it's nice to hear him say it, to be honest. Well, and I think it's good. It's important for Geki too, because I think in previous episodes, like Bri has had this focus on helping other people. And Geki has been like, hey, don't come. Like, don't like don't show up because like we want to preserve as much time as we can with you because I don't mm-hmm. want you to die. And Bri's like, I have to help people like life without helping people is no life at all. Like kind of pushing aside Geki's concern. But in this moment, we see that that was a concern that he had as well, but it was just like, you know, what What are you going to do? Yeah, it's a good moment. And it really has up, I think, the rest of this episode. The next shot after this when they go into the fight is like one of the funniest force perspective shots they've done to me because it's very obviously like top half one shot, bottom half other shot. <laughs> because there's like a building, a, a line of like short buildings with some people running around. And then you see, I can't remember exactly what form everyone's in, but I think at this point it is Dragon Caesar fighting a Dijusian that is Dora Mimic. Yes, I believe is so. Dijusian. Yeah. yeah. And they're like supposed to be backgrounded, but because of the way they constructed the shot, like depth is disappearing. It's a very strange. It's weird. Valid attempt, but one of those, like, because they've done some really cool force perspective in this show, but this was one of the ones that I was like, this one's not, this one's not hitting for me. (laughs) It's not working out. Well, and then when we realize that the fight is still going on, they're in this hospital and the fight is just going on without them. Like, that's just weird to me. It's like. It's so weird. (laughs) It's like, well, so you just felt like you could leave because like dragon caesar's got this like what the hell (laughs) there are other children out there yeah it's not cool no no not at all where is dijusian in this since dragon caesar the the distinction between dragon caesar and dijusian is very interesting and the implied distinction to me because as like dijusian is doing their like god shenanigans taking away dino bucklers and teleporting people Uh dragon caesar like strikes me as this very like young god strange thing to say maybe but like (laughs) He's like the young buck and like, no, I want to help people. I want to get in there. I'm a little, I'm a little mean, but like, I I don't know. There's something that felt very youthful about Dragon Caesar to me in this episode compared to Dijusian's presentation. Would you say it's like the difference between like an Old Testament God and a New Testament Jesus? Maybe. Yeah. The father and the son. I just always and have to bring it back. the Holy Spirit is Beast Knight, God King, Brachion, obviously. <laughs> Guys, I don't even like religion that much. Just this is right there. Okay. <laughs> it's funny how much they talk about God in this show. They yeah. also like in the previous episode when they are all praying, I didn't mention this, but like they're all in very interesting praying oh, yeah. poses. It's very specific character-based prayer poses. I'm like, okay, everyone's making choices. But then like, and then Goshi has like that bottle, just holding it very prominently in his prayer. Yeah, so he can put the elixir of life in it. The wraith that they fight in this elixir of life is such a simple design, but I think really quite effective. It's like a statue of a warrior holding this vessel. I really like it. But yeah, so Barai jumps in this cockpit that's never existed before. Does that help? I don't know Mm. if it helps, but it's a striking moment of him and Dragon Caesar working together, these allies, for the last time. Because he's never done it. He's like, I really want to fight with you, so I'm going to go inside of you this time. 
which is like weird. Why haven't you done this before? Like, I just don't get it. I just really need to know if this actually makes Dragon Caesar more functional because they're still basically losing the fight in the same way. And then they all start <laughs> praying and are like, hey, Daishushin, can you stop being such a little bitch and maybe like meet the moment right now? And Daishushin's like, yeah, I can. Burai is able to morph without his dino metal. He's like grabbing the sides of Dragon Caesar and that lets him transform, which is kind of like, sure, I don't need rules. It really felt like a a Super Saiyan moment. You know, like he's just force of will morphing. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And then the rest of them are able to morph and get inside Daijujin. And it's something May normally sits in the back row. I believe Mm -hmm. Boy does also. And they get into the cockpit and it's just the three of them. So they're both in the front row. And it was weirdly striking to me that it's just like, oh yeah, bright colors here in the front row. Because just yellow and pink, they they tend to be sitting in the back. But then Barai like joins them in the cockpit when they're forming Ultimate Daijujin. And they like kicked May back into the back row. Get out of here. My brother's going to sit next to me. Yeah, I want to sit next to my brother. (laughs) And so we're like, oh, I feel like one time we saw all six of them in the cockpit and Barai was like behind Geki. And I don't know why they didn't just do that again. Well, I think because the other two weren't there because they're fighting the wraith. Get out of here, woman. You can't drive. I think that's literally what what they said. Yeah, literally. And boy's like, to be honest, I don't know that I can drive either, but I'm going (laughs) to keep my mouth shut. He's like, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, he's just a boy. It's just me, boy. Yeah. But this fight is like very quickly ended. And uh, there's, like, quite a bit of episode left by the time they ultimate Daijujin, Doric, and Saku into Oblivion. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, what are we going to do now? Because it was, like, very strange. I will say this episode put into pretty stark relief. The thing is, like, the, the my problem with how action figure-y ultimate Daijujin all is, is, like, it is always ultimate Daijujin comes out, blast, dead. There is never a back and forward to a fight once ultimate Daijujin shows up. And that's yeah. so boring to me. That's how I feel about like pretty much any Zord fight, but like it is worse with ultimate Daijujin, but I think that is necessitated by the fact that it's ultimate Daijujin. Yeah. Like if there was a, a true problem, form of God, <laughs> right? Like it's like, Oh, you see the face of God and it's fine. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess, but I want to see ultimate Daijujin do little kicks. I don't even know how that would work, but <laughs> what if it like, like jumped, it. it jumped out of, brachion and like did stuff i don't know yeah that could be fun just something to make it a little more dynamic because it just looks like a toy and only has one attack which is like grand banisher or whatever which is just fire all the guns so i would like to see a little more (laughs) just a little bit more strategy there time does tick down in this episode in an insane way (laughs) yes i think at the start of the episode he has an hour left yeah, something like that. We, we, we literally see a clock face and he says, when this clock reads two, I'll be dead. And I think at that point he has like a little over an hour, but then we do quickly see like an hour and then five minutes and five minutes lasts like 20 minutes. It's so weird because like by the time they're back in the fight after having that conversation, he's down to like 15 minutes. And then the next 10 minutes take... 30 seconds to go away. Yeah. And then the last five minutes is the rest of this episode until yeah. they destroy Doric and Saku just as the time runs out. And it's like, okay, what is time? There is no time. Yeah. The the part where they hit the Wraith and kind of defeat it, but end up and getting the elixir away from it, but it flies into the water. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. So screwball in a way that's like, I don't know if this is the tone of the episode, but good gag well i think that's also weird for time though too because like then clotho like retrieves the jug and it's like by the way barai's already dead guys and like barai is not already dead but like what does that mean she's she's being metaphysical she's like barai's been dead this whole time that's the thing that i've been trying to tell you which is Mm. kind of true and is sort of like the energy of this thing is like barai died while he was asleep 
I brought him back for this purpose. For fun. But, like, his time is up. Like, yeah. to form Ultimate Dijushin, there was a reason. She made a deal with another god. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, his time is up. Like, there is no saving him. This was already his second chance. Like, all of that energy in Clotho, like... And because we see Clotho as an older woman, like, the shift from, like, kind of creepy ghost child to, like, this very maternal energy from Clotho, I yeah. think is so effective in this moment. Right, like... I think Clotho as, like, a child, like, doesn't want to rain on anyone's parade, but they do want to be clear, like, this is what's happening. I did think, like, and I don't know why we didn't talk about this, but, like, in the first episode of this three, when Clotho's like, by the way, the lapsless room, like, Barai's not going to be able to go back to it. And they're like, well, does Clotho know something? And, like, that kind of holding back information, that could happen from, like, a little creepy kid, but I wouldn't right. take that. I would be so mad if, like, that happened from, like this like adult version yeah and even when we very first saw clotho back when barai first entered the lapsus room and found shusoken like it just seemed like this creepy wraith who had like tricked him like, yeah it, it didn't seem like someone who would actually helping him in a way right it, it, it was the the evolution of clotho a surprisingly interesting character from first appearance to now these last few moments and giving the elixir being like what barai wants if you to save kota and you should go do that yeah but for some reason when the time runs out, what the magic does is teleport Barai to a beach where he is easily found. And then dies for, like, more time. Yeah, I don't know why. It's weird. There's, like, bonus time. Like, stoppage time, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it's we had to add some stuff because, like, sometimes when you came and left the lapsus room, like, the candle didn't pick up right away. So yeah. like, we'll add a little bit of time. And it, it really feels like... The magic of the candle was like, you have to die, but in a sort of like idyllic place. So like, let's yeah. get you out of this destroyed city onto this beach where Gekin can run up and you can have this sort of lovely scene with him. Oh my God. Yeah. It is a great scene. It's so good. Like I was sad. I was so sad watching this, watching Geki like hold his brother as he dies. Then like, so I, at first I was like, oh no, they're morphing. I don't like that. But then when, when Barai gives him his dragon shield and Jusokin, I was just like, mm -hmm. oh my God. It's so good. I was similar like, does he, is he going to be morphed when they die? That's yeah. so bad because the acting's actually pretty good right now. But no, it was just, it was just long enough to pass over the dragon shield and then they unmorphed again. And like, oh, so it's good. such a good mix of Barai like, well, like we talk about he's very at peace but he also like there's a sadness to him too like it's but but i think more than both those things he's like you got this to yeah Gekki and to may and dan to an extent as well and he does also say like i'm glad i got to fight with the rest of you too which is nice mm -hmm. and um his faith in goshi and dan that they're going to be back with the elixir and save kojo like all the like the whole moment just coalesces so lovely and then the shot of Clotho hold, kind of holding the green candle as it burns out, like, it works. It yeah. all works. I don't know why Barai's body disappears, but it's fine. It works. I think Barai's body disappears solely so we can have that shot of Geki just cradling Jusokin and crying, like, clutching it to good. his chest. Oh, so good. It's really lovely. Strangely, the team member dying feels so like outside of tone from our power rangers history and i'm sure we will talk about this a lot next week as we get into how power rangers deals with yeah the end of the green ranger Oof. but which isn't also the end and then is the end and then isn't the end because shoe two we're getting there but like it is so intense but it's so intense in a way that like even in the midst of this season that is for Power Rangers season, pretty lighthearted, pretty silly. Yeah. Focus on a lot of kids to tap into this like very real, like people die and it's sad. And it's also 
kind of beautiful and like you know appreciate the people around you and the time you have like i don't know it almost fits the like fairy tale feeling of a lot of this season because like i think a lot of fairy tales have good like also death is all around us energy and i, I liked mm-hmm. it showing up here i thought it worked really well and then geki playing jusokin like as a funeral dirge i thought was really lovely yeah it was good and then like we get that final kind of like barai on the rickshaw saying that he feels that nice breeze for like the last time and it's just like it really closed that whole circle of like you know yes this is sad but like he is at peace so yeah you know this grief the work of grief is now like for the living and obviously we're still going to be dealing with that so right and uh dragon caesar has a lot of grief apparently in this <laughs> God, episode yeah. that we're gonna have to deal with which like i'm so ready but i will say i started these episodes very excited after watching the first one i was sort of like oh no this feels so padded this feels yeah. so artificial in a lot of ways but like it really sold it by the end i think it's like a really impressive bit of storytelling it probably could have been two episodes it probably could have been one episode but <laughs> i think that we got to like luxuriate in these final moments in a way that did good service to the character and the story that was so foundational to not only the season but sentai going forward the six ranger idea and I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I definitely think it could have been two episodes because that clip episode could have been at any time. Like, it didn't have to be now. And it could have been, like, before this, but unrelated. But it was just so good to have that time to, like, really feel the ticking clock and really, like, be in that space. And, like, spend time with Barai dealing with that, too. Like, in a way that we hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely appreciated getting to sort of sit in this moment. So we're we're getting really close to the end of the show of G Ranger. We have eight episodes left and it's really interesting to me that like, so Sentai series air from February to February. And so like this was around, there's always this like little bit that airs in the new year. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that they like do Barai's death. The next two episodes, one of which is sort of directly responding to that. And the other, which I think is really fillery. Oh really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then are like, let's take a week off and we'll come back in the new year. It's like very funny to me that like, this feels like this could have been the way they sent it into the new year. I guess the timing just didn't work out. Yeah. It's funny. That is funny to think about. Like, this could have been their, like, year finale, but oh well. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll catch back up with people as they go towards their final battle. But yeah. yeah. And it is like, y'all, we are we are so close to that. There are only going to be three more episodes of our show where we are discussing Zhu Ranger episodes. Oh my which god. Is like a weird thing to think about. That's so weird. What are we going to do, John? Talk about a lot of Power Rangers. <laughs> god damn it. Hey, some of it, I think you too has promise. But before we finish our conversation about the green candle, who was your favorite Sentai this week? I think there's a lot of good options. Oh my god, I didn't even think about it because they're all so good. But I think, I think Barai's my favorite. Cool, I think that's a good choice. <laughs> Barai was one of the favorites I thought about too. Like he, the emotionality of Barai, I think the acting is really good and like... He's really good in this episode. Or these, all three of these episodes. Yeah, I just think, I don't know. I think we finally got to see like real Barai feeling real things. And I was really into that. Yeah, right before we lose him. Um, I'll say Geki. I think Geki similarly, like we talked about before how Geki is always there in the more tender moments of the series to like really sell that. And I yeah. think he really sells it here. Especially that like final scene is a great Geki scene. And 
I'm really excited to see how the character evolves in the next couple episodes, too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So what's else is going to be fun is going over to our wildly different tone with Himbo Tommy and No Causal Reality <laughs> and figuring out how Mighty Morphin Power Rangers does this. That's going to be our next episode. It's episodes 34 and 35 of Power Rangers Green Candle Part 1 and 2. That's only two episodes. So I was thinking, if you're up for it, maybe we, we've teased doing our little bit of a like a guide to power rangers colors what what you can expect from a red ranger a pink ranger etc etc so maybe we'll take the back half of next week's episode and do some of that yeah kind of a return to our deep dive but not so much a deep dive just us talking about stuff we've noticed just a fun one as we let the shape of the show catch back up since it's only two episodes next week yeah and you can watch those episodes on netflix in the u.s and uh we hope you do because i bet there'll be silly things to talk about for sure yes Definitely. No doubt in my mind. Until then, you can follow us on social media, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. That's all Teach Me Sentai. You can rate and review the show, which is so helpful, both in giving us feedback, which we love, and also in helping other people find the show. That's how all the podcatchers generate buzz around things. As they say, how many people are rating and how many people are reviewing it. So please do that. And if you have any more specific questions or feedback, you can always reach out to us at teachmesentai at gmail.com. Yeah, we want to hear from you, especially since we're going to start kind of thinking about next steps maybe i don't know yeah we're getting close so like this is the time to let us know i think our current default plan is to move into die ranger mighty morphin power ranger season two but if people would rather see something different i have some other ideas let us know we can jump around we don't have to go in order yeah we can do whatever just like let us know so we do something that you like do you want to hear yeah yes so I think that means that we're ready for the most important question of every Teach Me Sentai episode, which is, John, if you were given a morpher today, what color Power Ranger would you be? Yeah, you know, I think I've actually worn this exact combination of clothes in a previous episode. Oh. And it's like a white shirt and blue pants. And I said I was a blue ranger there. But today, I think the vibe is white ranger. And Ooh. I can't explain that. But maybe I'll be able to explain it better after our color taxonomy next week. What about you? Sounds what good. is what, what color ranger would you be? I'm pretty sure I'm a pink ranger. I'm a sleeper pink ranger, though. Like, I'm in the in the first episode, you're not sure what color I'm at. I am because it's like... I'm wearing a neutral shirt, but the only like accent on that neutral shirt is pink. Mm. So that's where we're at. Something something of an edgy pink ranger. Yeah, definitely. Great. Well, we're going to dive a lot more into what these colors mean next week. And we hope you'll join us for that and the green candle. And until then, may the power protect you. Bye. Teach Me Sentai is produced and hosted by Natalie Bridgman and John McDonough. Our incredible music is by Christopher Bridgman and our wonderful podcast art is by Yvonne14. You can find their work on Twitter at E-A-V-O-N 14 or on Instagram at Yvonne.14.art. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash teachmesentai and new episodes come out every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.